Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to have Helen Knight on the program, the podcast, the YouTube channel, whatever it is. I'm really excited. I've been following Helen for a while, and she is such a giver. She is a designer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a business coach, and she's found her, I don't know, she's a kickboxer. She's found her um, her place in the world. I just dropped my my Wacom pin, so I need that to <laughs> navigate. But I'm really excited to have have you have you talk about your story. But also, um, there's some things that you've seen that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, and it may be something that we've I've been struggling with, or maybe some of the people that are watching are struggling with. And so, you had we originally were going to um, call it something like uh, doing it the old way wasn't working, and we are going to change it. To, and it is consistent clients getting consistent clients with social mm-hmm. media, which which the old way might've been lots of different things. We tried print ads. We tried all kinds of different things to try networking events. When COVID happens, oh, there's no networking events, right? You have to, you have to, all of our clients really struggled a lot with how do you keep, keep the lights on. So mm-hmm. Helen, can you give them uh, first as, as when you start talking, they will notice that you are not in Alabama with me. Um, So where are you? And can you give us a little bit of your background, your in design and how you, um, how long you've been an entrepreneur and then when you decided to start coaching? Absolutely. So yeah, I'm from Chesterfield in the UK. So yeah, sorry about the accent. (laughs) No, we love the accent. This is great. So sometimes, sorry. Oh, it's good. So, so if we're familiar with England, where is Chesterfield in comparison to um, Edinburgh or I know Edinburgh is not in England, but it, or, or London or like, is it on the East Coast, West Coast near Leeds? What? Yeah. So Edinburgh is at the top end north. Uh, London is south and we're right in the middle. So, <laughs> OK. Yeah. yeah. So that, that so, gives you in the middle between Scotland and or where Edinburgh is and then um, where London is. So that's great. Gives us a yeah, good it's idea. Lovely. It's really right, so lovely. Then, have you been there your whole life or have you moved there recently? Um, so I'm from Northamptonshire, which is nearer London, but I moved up uh, more north when I went to university and I've carried on traveling north. So that's how I met my other half. <laughs> um, yeah, he always makes loads of jokes about being northern because I'm very southern and I speak very differently to he does, <laughs> to how he does. So, yeah, uh, he's always making jokes about that. <laughs> well, but, I think you have a beautiful accent. So oh, so tell us you. tell us how you found design and then entrepreneurship, because they don't always come hand in hand, and then coaching. Yeah, so um, I started off as a designer many years ago. I um, did a a degree at Derby University. That's how I moved up the country. And um, that was in 2002, I left there. So it was a long time ago. I'm feeling really old this week because it's my birthday as well this week. (laughs) Well, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. I'm feeling really old. I'm 43 now. Gosh, I'm 48. So you look great. You, oh, you, you thank could you. still kickbox people down the street. <laughs> so you look fantastic. Thank you. So, yeah, so I started a long time ago um, when I left university. I had a few in-house jobs, first of all. Um, do you want me to tell you a bit about those, what I did, those kind of things? Sure. Yeah, because those mm-hmm. things shape how we see clients, how we see in-house, how we right? They mm-hmm. do how we're designers even how we think about business what what were those so the first one was um a company that is like um a car like the head of a car dealership so they dealt with lots of different types of car dealerships like bmw mercedes um voxel all those kind of companies they did all the advertising for them so um yeah that was my first job um it wasn't super creative uh but it was a start (laughs) yeah yeah I did start learning quite a lot um because you always I think you learn a lot when you leave university don't you I think it's um obviously you get the 
you get the basics when you're at university and then you really start to learn all the things that you need to know about printing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I learned a lot when I was um, in-house there, which was great. And then the next in-house job I had was um, a really lovely company, like a almost like a family kind of run company. And it was, uh, they were making plastic products for big companies like, um, like Toys R Us, like Mother Care. I don't know if you know these in America. Um, Tesco, like they're really well-known brands. Yeah, in- yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I worked for them and we did all kinds of things. Like I did their brochures, I did their website, I did the packaging, I did the labels, I did everything for them. Photography, I did exhibitions, I did all sorts of stuff for them. <laughs> wow, um, you did. Yeah, but they were lovely because they um they they didn't have an in-house designer. They used to outsource everything and they decided they wanted somebody in-house. So when I came along, I was still fairly new to design and I just wanted to experiment and try loads of things. So it was ideal for me. Yeah. So it was really ideal. And they were really great. They let me just play with everything. I even did um, 3D modeling there. Um, and I obviously had to teach myself a lot because there weren't other designers there. Uh, but yeah, I just, I was always out of my comfort zone, but I enjoyed it because it was just learning stuff and, in, you know, experimenting. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So being out of your comfort zone, was that something as a kid you always did? Or was that something that you got more used to as an adult? I think I always felt a bit out of my comfort zone. <laughs> As of, yeah, growing up, I used to have really bad anxiety. And I think in a way that was a blessing in disguise because I've always pushed myself out of my comfort zone naturally <laughs> and just thought that was normal to feel uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, I think it was, it's weird, isn't it, how these things happen, but it's actually helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah feel like that's normal. It's okay. Um, yeah. And it helps you grow. So it's it important. does. It does. So how long were you at the the plastic maker where you got to wear all these different hats and be all these different kinds of designers, right? Yeah. So I was there for probably about a year and a half, something like that. And then um, I just decided that I wanted to go and work with the designers because I was doing all this on my own. I had my own office and everything, which was great. (laughs) But I was on my own all the time and it was just, I felt a bit lonely, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, you know the only creative person in, in the whole business in the whole building, um, you know it it was interesting because I learned a lot of other things that I probably wouldn't have have um, seen, you know, about running a business and all the things they have to deal with, and obviously there's the factory side and all that kind of stuff. So you got, you really got to learn about everything, which was great. But um, but yeah, I wanted to learn from other designers. That's why I went to university because I wanted to learn and I wanted to grow and and I felt like there was still a lot I didn't know. So I wanted to join some kind of team like an agency. That was what I thought was going to be my dream. <laughs> and uh, so I went hunting for jobs again and found um, a couple of agencies. The first one I, I went to um, was a small agency in Derby and I thought I was going to join a big team, but actually when I got there, there was only one lady there. (laughs) So I was a little bit disappointed. Um, I found out the company wasn't doing so well. So they'd ended up um, obviously employing me because I was cheaper because I'd not had as much experience um, to try and save the business. So I was like, oh my goodness, no pressure or anything. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was hard work and we worked really long hours. Um, myself and this other lady a Polish lady she was really lovely and she taught me a lot which was great um really learned a lot from her and um really enjoyed it apart from obviously having to work really long hours so that wasn't I wasn't expecting that I remember a few times when they were like trying to get certain they were trying to pitch for certain things and come up with ideas and we were there till ridiculous hours in the morning and I was just I just couldn't believe what I was doing. I thought, gosh, this is crazy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I soon realised that it wasn't really my dream job. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I've worked for a few other agencies freelance after that, Um, just trying out different ways of working because I 
I was just kind of wondering what my dream job was after that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do because what I thought was my dream wasn't my dream um, in reality. So, yeah. Sometimes it takes people a long time to realize Mm. that this wasn't. So this is really, uh, you have a lot of courage. You also are able to see something and make that assessment pretty early to say, hey, I've done a lot in the toy company or the plastics company. And then mm. you are like, okay, I'm going to take this, but I, I know I need community or, you know, you wanted to learn from other people to be part of a team. And then you go in you're like, oh, I should have asked more questions. Right. Like even in the interview, right. When you get, you're like, oh, okay. But you, you had yeah. your uh, super positive attitude. You learned as much as you could from that lady. And yeah. then, and then you were like, maybe this working super late nights at an agency because a lot of times the agency might do that right this wasn't on this isn't uncommon yeah I yeah I realized that uh obviously afterwards I realized it but yeah it wasn't how it wasn't what I expected at all so yeah I do I think that's definitely something um that's helped me a lot is just realizing that things aren't right and trying to make it you know, trying to fix things quickly. I think that's how you can progress really quickly. Otherwise you do end up just putting up with things you're not happy with. And, and I think, um, I think it's important to realize that you can, you can, you know, do what you want in life. So you've got to, you've got to realize when things aren't right and you've got to find something that is working so that you can start moving forwards. Did Um, you do anything in particular to, um, like, is this just in your habit in your, like, did you do you reflect every Wednesday or something or like, well, how were you able? Cause I think that this is actually something I don't hear a lot of people saying that they're able to, like, they realized that they were, and they actually took action on it. Like a lot of people are like, I'm sure it'll get better. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> it'll get better. Right. They, they don't, they either aren't listening to their gut. So they don't have a yeah, really good okay. relationship with their the their intuition oh yeah is that is that always been like a superpower for you I think um I think I started to realize when I was work I started to work on myself a bit more because I obviously when you grow up when you grow up with having anxiety and you've got it all the time you have you have to have coping ways of coping with it <laughs> and I I had to start working on myself and I started trying to learn ways of uh, dealing with that and I think that's helped me a lot um I think I've been sort of asking myself a lot of questions and talking to myself in the right way and, and I know that might sound crazy to some people no all of that has helped me massively <laughs> yeah but that's absolutely. just not something yeah. that uh unless it's modeled to you mm. you know I guess maybe you were reading or maybe you had a good a mentor or a parent that was modeling that like well why do you think you're feeling this way Helen right like they <laughs> oh yeah I don't I didn't really have anyone mentoring me or helping me through that I think I got to a stage where I just thought I have to do something about this because it was such a big problem <laughs> it was it was really stopping me talking to people and um holding me back so um one one big thing I did do um I'm trying to think what when it was what year it was but one huge thing I did do was uh, decide to travel to London on my own. And I have—I don't tell this story very often, actually. I did, decided to travel to London on my own. I didn't tell anyone I was going so that I could learn about mindset and um, different therapies and stuff like that, because I felt like that was the only answer. I've, I just didn't know how to make myself feel better. So that's what I did. And a lot of that has helped me massively. <laughs> how old were you yeah. when that? when you did that um so I was I'm trying to think when I was I was still living in a student house so it wasn't long after university yeah that's again insightful for somebody Mm -hmm. so young to make that that's big yeah it was massive at the time because if you think when you've got really bad anxiety and you don't want to go anywhere or or talk to anybody and I traveled all the way to London on my own So that was a big deal, but I just felt like that was the answer. I just knew it was the answer, so I had to do it. So I think um, I think having those issues 
has just given me massive courage. It's just given me, yeah, it's just given me huge courage and just determination. <laughs> yeah. So how yeah. long was it just like a weekend? Was it a week in London or did you live in London? I went twice, actually. I went once for a weekend just to try it, just to, like a taster um, where I met um, the actual lady that was doing the courses at um, London City University. So I went for a weekend just to try it out. And then I actually met a, a girl down there. Then This sounds crazy too, when I think about it. I met a girl down there on the course who actually invited me to stay with her for a week so that I could go back. <laughs> And she was so amazing. Elena name is. And um, yeah, she was a superstar. And I think she recognized how much I needed to be there. <laughs> so, yeah, she was amazing and let me stay with her for a whole week. And the best thing about it was they lived on Abbey Road. I don't know if you've heard of Abbey Road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't the Beatles sing a song about Abbey Road? Yeah, yeah. I ha- we have the Beatles down in Alabama too. So yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So I I lived on the most famous street in London for a whole week <laughs> with this lady, and it was so great. And we learned together. And she was on the course. She wanted to be a therapist, and uh, we learned together for that week and practiced on each other and stuff. And it was amazing. Yeah, had an That's amazing. Really month. cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in yeah. all this, you're freelancing, you, um, mm. I'm just getting back in the timeline. So then you start freelancing. Mm. Um, how long were you freelancing and just doing your own thing? Or did you ever go work for someone else again? Um, so I was freelancing, uh, for a few agencies, um, trying to think, it, was, it wasn't loads. It was, I had like a few contacts that kept giving me work for a little while. Um, and I, I also started to um, look into teaching as well. Cause I thought I wanted to find a, a way of, you know, becoming really confident in front of people and also enjoyed helping people just naturally. And I thought, yeah, teaching will be great. So I actually, um, I, I started my business solo for a few years before I went into teaching. So I'm just trying to get in the right order. Yeah. So I, I started my own business, decided that um, if I was perceived as an agency, I could charge a lot more. So that's what I did. <laughs> and then after about four years, um, I did that on my own, but I met my partner. So we did it together as well. And then I did teaching part time for many years as well after that. So, Yeah lots of uh, lots of exciting times <laughs> that's awesome do you so you um i i know one of the things that you were teaching um do you want to tell them what you were one of i know oh, one of the things i've been teaching yeah yeah <laughs> so i did i did teach design um at colleges and adult education centers and schools but i also um uh, it was actually we both when i met my partner we both did kickboxing before we met and um it was just something that really helped me. I think it helped me physically and mentally. And um, and he wanted to become a kickboxing instructor. So he did it first. And then obviously when we met, I was like, this is amazing. And I kept on training really hard till I got to my black belt. And then I was able to do a course so that I could teach as well. So yeah, I started to teach kickboxing, which I know most people look at me and think, what, you taught kickboxing? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. And um, we did it. We've done it for years. Um, My partner, he worked out the other day. It's been 16 years that he's been teaching kickboxing. So, yeah. But but kickboxing really like was another thing that you when we've had conversations in the past, you were like, this was really it was really important for me to be able to teach. But it was also it was really big confidence builder for you right oh yeah oh absolutely it's amazing it just um yeah I I think it it felt like I just um turned a switch and I was like somebody else (laughs) it was just amazing yeah it felt like you know when you're teaching a whole room massive room full of people um and you've got to be able to shout you've got to be able to you know yeah and yeah it was like being somebody else for a little while it was great (laughs) So, so yeah. that's, that's really different than being in a classroom and teaching people about design. Cause I mean, I'm not really shouting all that often. So this is really, this is much different and like, but 
this, I see this as such a big hurdle. Like if, if, if I can do this, I can do anything, right? Like, oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. And, um, and it's amazing how it gives you that confidence when, you know, initially it was my partner just teaching and I would just assist, you know, help when new people came along and stuff like that. And you would get like these big guys walking in, like thinking they knew everything. And I would show them something and they'd be like, how did you do that? (laughs) And it's just, it gives you that confidence. It's like, wow, you know, you don't need to be big and strong. You can still, you know, kick somebody halfway across the room. (laughs) It was just amazing, you know, to to have that confidence in that um, realization that, you know, it's just technique. You can learn this stuff. It's just, yeah. Well, and that's so much about business too, right? And what we're going to talk about today, sometimes it's just having the right strategy. You need to know where to kick somebody that's this much bigger than me. I still (laughs) can, um, you can still um, make an impact in whatever you're trying to do. It doesn't matter about whatever, right? Like years of experience or, but if you know the technique or if, if you know the strategy, you'll be able to, I, I love that because then it is this surprise. And I always think the best mm-hmm. design is the one that's the unexpected. The, and, and that's why. What a great, but how interesting that yelling and leading people <laughs> and, you know, that um, really helped you to like mm-hmm. really form that. I'm not going back into that. I mean, I'm, maybe the, it's always there, but that is not who people would say you are now. Right. The people that you're they would never be like they would be like, what you what? <laughs> right. Not that because they see yeah. you as that strong leader. Right. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And um, it is when I look back at all those years ago, it just feel like I'm a totally different person now. It does. It's amazing, really. Yeah. So you can, you know, if anybody's uh, like worried, thinking they can't be confident enough to be the face of their business, you can do it. I promise you, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay. So then take us to, so you're running your business, you and your partner are doing, um, uh, you're teaching design and teaching kickboxing. He's yeah. teaching kickboxing. You're running your business. And then when do you start getting that nudge to like, obviously teaching and coaching are very similar. Like you're guiding mm-hmm. people. It's people yeah. related, when do you get that urge to like, hey, I'm, I think this is more of where I'm supposed, what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, do you mean like the online stuff? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Co- yeah. And coaching so. that you're doing with helping other people, like uh, other business owners, other designers that are freelancing. Yeah. So um, I obviously was doing a lot then, as you just explained, I was doing so much and I was really burning myself out. <laughs> And I wanted to slow down a little bit, and but didn't know how. And I also wanted, um, I started to realise that, you know, technology is moving forward. There are other ways of, um, you know, earning money without being tied to a club and tied to all sorts of things. Like we didn't go on holiday for years because we had so many commitments. And, um, yeah, we were really tiring ourselves out, <laughs> even though we were enjoying it. We we're having a lot of fun. But we just, yeah, we were both uh, realised that there, there needs to be other ways of, of making an income and also being able to help pe- people in other ways as well. So I started to look into online, um, yeah, learning about the online world, doing all kinds of courses, um, loads, loads and loads of different um, coaches and uh, programmes. I did all kinds of things. Um just to try and understand what there was out there, what other things, what other options I had basically so that I could maybe adjust what I was doing to a more comfortable situation. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I actually, the first time I had an online business was when I was thinking of taking like the kickboxing stuff online. That was my first idea and helping people with their mental health. Cause obviously I'd been through all that myself and I thought, you know, I can create some kind of program where I integrate fitness and mindset. And um, I did come up with an amazing program and it did work really, really well. And I'm still thinking of maybe having that as a, an automated thing in the background because it was so popular. <laughs> 
and I did really well with it uh, but I can't do everything so it's like yeah deciding what you want to do <laughs> um, and yeah that was my first online business um, I met a coach in Seattle online um, a really lovely uh, fitness guy who taught me some basic stuff about making money online with my fitness um, ideas and um, it just kind of the different ways of working grew from there. So I tried all sorts of things. I tried like membership sites. I tried workshops. I tried doing live. I did live kickboxing uh, fitness <laughs> in my group where people just came on and joined in. <laughs> I did all sorts of stuff, loads of crazy stuff. Um, like what year of- was this? Like what what um, year were you trying? I mean, it does not, as, as you've told me about the plastics company, this is not at all shocking that you were willing to try all these things because you're like, okay, you need to exhibit? No problem. I'll figure it out. Oh, you yeah. need packaging? No problem. I'll figure it out. Like that was, <laughs> so this was like just normal yeah. for you. You didn't let it overwhelm you, right? But it can yeah. be, it can be super overwhelming to just try to juggle all those things. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I just find I was um, trying to convince my mind that it's more exciting than overwhelming. So that's how I dealt with it. <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, if you ever read about anxiety, um, most people that give advice like Mel Robbins and other people like that, they always say, you know, if if you think about the feeling that you get, it's actually the same as excitement. So if you can convince, convince yourself you're actually excited, <laughs> then you can feel so much better about it. And that's what I did. So, um, so yeah, so, I think. What so, year? It's all right. I think uh, it was around 2018. Yeah, it was around 2018, I think, was um, I was doing the fitness stuff. So, yeah, and I was doing really well. Like, I was doing challenges. They're all, um, I would, um, I would promote myself. Like, he taught me how to do a launch and everything. Um, where I do like these crazy videos <laughs> like on the run up to the, the challenge and all that kind of stuff and um, and I I'd had all these people in a group and I would you know be like day one we're doing this day two we're doing this and all that kind of stuff um, and they would have to pay to join the group and everything and it was great and I was making money straight away which I was really excited about I thought it was going to take a lot longer and um, and then that was like the first thing and then he suggested that I made you know a one-to-one program as well so I had a one-to-one program where I was coaching people over zoom a bit like I do now but obviously to do with mental health and fitness and I helped loads of people I helped a lady that was having had to lose weight because she needed to have a hip operation I had um, I helped um, a lady that was really really depressed and was on loads of medication and stuff like that and and she lost a stone and decided to start coming off a medication she did really really well um I helped oh so many people another lady that was uh really traumatized by things in her past so I helped her as well so So one of the things on your website you were like I will be there 1000 percent and and you can tell these are not people that you can just be like okay I'll see you in two weeks you know (laughs) like these are people who you're invested in and they need you and you're going to be there and you're going to help them get through. But this is still, this is just who you are, right? This is no matter whether you're doing mindset and health and fitness or whether you're doing business coaching and creative coaching, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think most people need, just need that support. You know, everyone's human. We all have the same fears and worries and doubts and, um, like you said, it can all be overwhelming. It can be scary doing things you've never done before. I know how that feels. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I love I love being that person that people reach out to and, and get help from and ask questions. And, um, yeah, I just love, love that kind of relationship with people. You can really get to know people really, really well. So, so when did you switch from doing more fitness or do you still incorporate that into what you are doing? Um, so I don't teach them kickboxing but (laughs) uh, I do encourage them to have a good routine um yeah so I switched um so I've probably been more focused on design specifically helping designers specifically and the only reason I really switched was because I was listening to what people were telling me so important to recognize when people keep telling you something you must listen to what people tell you so I was hearing a lot from 
people that I've helped in the past tell me, I really want to know how you're getting your clients. I really want to know how you're actually doing this. <laughs> and I really, you know, a lot of the people I was helping were really stressed and didn't want to have their jobs they had, all that kind of stuff. So they were in situations they weren't enjoying in life and they wanted to have a better life. They wanted to have their own thing online. So that's how it started. And so many people were saying to me, how are you getting your clients? Like, I want to know how you do this. <laughs> And, uh, and that I was, you know, it happened so many times, so many people asked me, I just thought, well, maybe that's what I meant to be doing. I need to be helping people with more on the business side, even though I love, I love helping people on the health side too. So yeah, a lot of the clients that I help now, obviously it's all to do with um, building their uh, design business, helping agencies, you know, get clients, all that kind of stuff. But it is um, also, I do definitely mention about the routine the daily routine all that kind of stuff because it is so key it is so key you can't build a really successful business without looking after yourself as well and without looking after your mindset without you know taking a break at lunchtime go for a walk all that kind of stuff (laughs) it might sound silly to some people but it's so essential because otherwise you can work yourself into the ground which is what I did originally so yeah I'm very aware of that and try and pass on any good practices to people. I love that. Okay. So you are going to teach us something and this seems like a great segue when your people are kept asking you over and over, um, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? Right. And so this was this, it wasn't the old way anymore. You had to find people. And so the it's finding clients consistently, but you're doing it. You did it through social media. Yeah, absolutely. So this was something that I've put together over, um, you know, all the coaching I've had, all the training I've had. um, I still felt that like there were bits missing. Um, It took me a lot of coaches to get to where I am now. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't like you should get help from somebody and be able to get clients. It really is as simple as that you should be able to do that but it took me so much investment to get to that stage (laughs) so literally the things that I teach is like I've taken a bit of everything and I've also added other bits that I know is what was missing because I've finally got there myself so (laughs) yeah um finally got it all together so do you want me to teach yeah what I've um what I've got today it's a quick training absolutely yeah yeah Um, please creative business brain (laughs) and if anybody has a question they can pop it in the chat and i will interrupt and ask right where you're okay with like okay awesome today i thought it would be good to talk about how to be unique in the marketplace because it is the first thing that i talk about when i'm helping people i think it's so important and to get consistent clients um you must move yourself away from being generic in any way and that might sound really bizarre and impossible even some people think it's impossible but I'm going to show you how to do it okay so um, most designers and agencies position themselves as a service or um, like giving a certain type of service or maybe a big range of services and try and do everything for everyone okay so that's traditionally the way it works but today I want to teach you how to position yourself as something really unique And the way that you do that, um, I call it the unique selling proposition. I don't know if you've heard of anything like that before. Some people call it other things, but it really is the way that you explain what you do okay, to people. And it's got to be on all your profiles. It's got to be super clear on everything you put out into the world, um, who you're helping, what you're doing for them and what it's going to do for the business. So that has got to be what that person or that business really wants. So it's like their big desire. Okay um so this is going to obviously be on everything it's got to be right in everybody's faces as soon as they look on your profiles (laughs) so that they can see straight away that you've got the answer to their problem they need to it's got to be like instant recognition like oh my goodness I need to talk to Diane she does exactly what I need that's what I really want okay that's kind of the response you want so this will evolve over time So I know it seems um, bizarre telling designers not to be, uh, not to get it right first first time, because I know designers are perfectionists and I've obviously learned that myself. (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, it's important to have a go at this and not feel that it's got to be perfect because it will evolve. It's the kind of thing where you 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 learn as you go because you're going to learn more and more about your ideal client as you go. Um, so it will become a lot easier and you've got to listen, listen to what people are telling you. OK, and that's how you're going to um, perfect it. And then when it's just right, you'll know it's just right because people will start reaching out to you. And that's really, really exciting. So today, if you haven't got a niche, so if you don't know who your ideal client is yet, you just need to pick maybe your favorite client or just pick um somebody that you've loved working with in the past just for this exercise so you can have a go okay 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 so um let's brainstorm some words so i want you to have a think about um who they are what industry it is um what kind of business it is and start writing down ideas of how you would describe it um what would those people call themselves there's lots of different ways of looking at it but just write all your ideas out first okay we need some words to use to form the sentence so um some people that i've helped have been working with sports clothing companies um food tech companies business coaches mortgage lenders it's got to be um what those people would call themselves okay does that make sense yes totally yeah. And then the second thing we really need to pinpoint is what you do, but it's not from your perspective. This is the thing that most people get wrong. So it's not from your perspective. So you might think, okay, I do branding or I do packaging, but what would your ideal client call that? Okay. So you've really got to flip it on its head. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to because see they don't, there. we don't always use the same language. We know more, we are insider language and they're calling it a logo or they're calling yeah. it, I need to make my business look, you know, a, I need a sign for out front or something, right? That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and you want to, they want, they want to see what they're thinking in their head, basically. <laughs> so you've got to get in their head, work out what they're thinking and that's what you lead with. Okay. So um, you need to obviously brainstorm what you feel you do and how they would perceive that and what they would call that as well. Okay. And then the result that they want, um, that could be all kinds of things, but the more specific you are, the better. So the more you talk to these people, you'll really understand what they're focused on the most, what they really want to achieve. It could be, uh, you know, some of my clients have um, helped people get their products in shops, you know, done the branding for products and then helped them get it, get it in shops. Um, some of my product, some of my clients have helped people get more traffic through the website and design the website and everything as well. But the traffic is the thing they've been focusing on, you know. So it's you've got to think of it from the client's perspective and what they really want more than anything else. Mm. Okay. So is that okay? Do you want me to move on? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I don't know how long you want to write ideas down. <laughs> Okay, so here are some basic framework ideas. Now, you can use other words, but these are just three ideas, okay? Um, there are lots of ways of doing this. As long as you've got those three sections in there and you make it as simple as possible, so you don't, don't want to write too much, you want a very simple sentence, but here are a few ideas. So you could say who they are, so it could be like that food tech company or whatever it was, hires me to do whatever it is so hires me to I don't know generate more traffic with the website whatever it is so they can I don't know whatever they dream of doing so they can um, start working with uh, bigger clients or whatever they really want to do okay are all these but these um, like who they are it's how they call themselves what you do is what they say you do make the yeah. sign make right it's not what we say. No. Is that what you're saying? Okay, great. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm with you. Okay, keep going. Great, great. And then obviously what they really want, what they tell you want more than anything else. And most people won't tell you straight directly what they want more than anything else. And you may have to ask them several times before they'll really, really tell you. <laughs> um, okay, so number two, here's another one. So some people teach things more than do things. So if it's a done-for-you service or whether it's you're actually teaching them something sometimes. So um, teaching whoever they are, the type of industry, the type of business uh, to do something, whatever they're trying to achieve using something. So it could be like um, using a type of software, using a website, using, I don't know, whatever your unique thing is that you do. Okay. 
Um, and then number three is another one, helping a certain type of client to do whatever it is you do so they can get whatever they want. <laughs> okay. I love that. What, with the word helping, I always, I always write that and then I always second guess myself. Yeah. Is that normal? Like, I don't know, maybe, like, I wonder, I'm like, did they expect me to, like, I don't, I, like, I think that I'm helping, but maybe that's not, I I don't know. I always have wondered and I always second guess that word. So it makes me feel a lot better that you have used it and this is not (laughs) in a parentheses, but have you ever thought about the word helping? Yeah, absolutely. I think it just depends what you're doing for them, but Mm. that's why I tried to choose different ones here but um you know you can use other words these are just ideas but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes sometimes you are helping them achieve something you might not want to promise that you're going to uh, actually get them a certain result but you're helping them achieve something to get towards that result do you know what I mean so you might not want to promise that you're actually going to do something like I'm going to get you whatever um I don't know I'm going to double your revenue you don't want to say that sometimes <laughs> Right, right. Uh, yeah, but even like so, a doctor, like they're they if they do a hip replacement, they are you know helping you to, and they're gonna give you you know a litany of things that you're supposed to do after this. But it is your you have to take that action to continue to make that hip work. You got a new hip, yeah, right? But I do think a lot of it's like helping you to live the life that you want to live with this new but you have to do that I don't know anyway I'm sorry I got us off track on the word helping keep going I think I think you're right there I think that helps if it's something where you're both having to do something together yeah definitely yeah that's good um okay so the biggest mistake people make with this is they make it way too vague so a lot of people that struggle with this are people that struggle to narrow down their niche and they struggle to be very um, specific about who they're helping. And then if they can't do that, they're struggling to really um, do the research and understand that person enough to know what they really want. So if you're too vague and you're trying to help more, you know, a wider audience still, and you're still trying to um, do everything for everyone, it's not going to work. You're just going to blend in with everybody else. And people aren't really going to feel like you're talking to them. It's got to be so specific. People feel like, yeah, she's talking to me. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. And it's also scary because you think it'll be like three people will sign up. And, but you have done that, right? Like that's the worry that if I'm this specific, it's all people with blue hair and have three ears, you know, but those people <laughs> with blue hair and three ears are like, oh my gosh, this is for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So um, your ideal client obviously needs that instant recognition. You know, it's got to be seen. You've got to be focusing on their problem more than anything else. That's another thing people do wrong. So they, a lot of the time, they're so focused on what they want to do. Like, I just want to do packaging. I just want to do that. And they're so focused on that, that they don't, they're not thinking enough about the problems of their ideal client. And that's also somewhere where they go wrong. Um, Okay. So a useful tip, um, a tool that really helps to think of other words, because I've never been great at words, although now I'm actually a really good copywriter, but (laughs) over the years, it's taken me a long time to get to that stage. (laughs) Um, Yeah, visualthesaurus.com I found was brilliant um, because I'm really obsessed with these. He's like spider diagram things. So you, you type in a word and it comes up with all these other words. So if you're struggling to explain something or think of another way of saying something, it really helps. You just think of other words that could maybe help you describe it in, in a in different way. That's really cool. That's an awesome resource. Yeah, I love it. And I used to have it, you'll laugh now, because I used to have it on a, like a, what do you call it? Like a CD-ROM or something, you know, like an old-fashioned. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I used to have it on that. And then I said to my other half the other day, oh, have we still got that? And then he goes, oh, no, it's all online now. <laughs> I'm thinking, how old am I? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so he told me it was on that website. <laughs> 
Um, so here's a few examples, a few people that I work, that I've been working with as well, but just gives you a few examples. Um, obviously, um, Frederico is amazing. I love him to bits. Uh, he lives in Portugal and I promised I'm going to go see him next year. <laughs> I actually want to go and live in Portugal. That's my dream. So I, I, well, it was amazing when I met this guy. Andre here, he, Andre Catiano, he's here and he lives in Portugal too. Okay. Oh, he's an illustrator. He's amazing. Okay. Oh. Keep going. So Federico says helping food and nutrition professionals increase their website traffic and attract more clients. That's very specific. That's really good. Yeah. I love that one. And, um, you know, the, these people have literally written out loads and loads of ideas and, and come back to me and go, right, which one do you think? <laughs> And I said, okay, let's test them. So we've we've picked out the one we thought was the best and then we've tested it. So that's that's the kind of the thought process. Um, this guy, uh, we did have a bit of a, um, like his is a little bit broader than I wanted it because he was like, I'm also helping these people, but he's still doing really well with it. So um, he helps health, wellness and outdoors. I mean, they do go together. Health, mm-hmm. wellness, and outdoors. Um, entrepreneurs transform their products into leading brands. So yeah, so he's doing really well with that. Um, James, uh, he is helping business coaches build amazing website experiences that generate leads and save time. And then uh, this is a lady called Remy, who's absolutely amazing. She's only in her twenties. She's uh, she lives near London, and she has got. She's already got a little social media team as well as doing the branding as well for her beauty and wellness professionals. Um, So we help beauty and wellness professionals to become fully booked using social media. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, They've all done really well. So um, write as many sentences out as you can. And I'll look forward to seeing your ideas and feel free to send me a few. If you want to just pick out the best ones and you want to send them to me for some feedback, I don't mind doing that. Uh, So that's my email if you want to do that. Okay. Testing takes a while sometimes, right? When you're, it's not like, oh, just put it up and then we'll see by the end of the week. Or what does the (laughs) testing, what does like, how, how long would you tell someone to test that out to see if it's successful? Yeah, so um, obviously um, just getting up the best one that you can, after you've written loads of ideas, you, you put up the best one you feel is right. But I think once you start doing the other things that you need to do to grow your business, such as your content and having the right conversations with people, growing your audience, once you start doing all of that, you can soon start to tell if it's working or not because you know when you've got it spot on because people reach out to you, that's how you know you've got it right. So, yeah. You'll get, cool. you'll get people in your DMs basically when you get it okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. It, so it's, but it's not just having that as your, your bio. It's also the content that goes with it. And these are things that you help people with because often it's so hard to do our own stuff. So you become that mirror back to them, but you're also like, Hey, uh, this one sounds like a good one to start with. Let's start with this one and see, and you're helping them. You're giving accountability, Right. That's the mm-hmm. you're there. One thousand percent. It is not. It is on your website. One thousand right in Facebook. Every it's one thousand percent, which I love that. And and just hearing how you are all in. And I know like we've talked and you <laughs> you'll do. I think one time we were talking, I think you had said you did 10 meetings in a day, seven meetings in a day. And I'm worried about burnout for you. But um, <laughs> but uh, but again, this you um you had to pivot right there. Are lots of things mm-hmm. in the, in the pandemic. I know we only have like 10 minutes left, but I have some questions. So I want to make sure. Um, yeah. So the thing that you noticed over and over was just, you were listening and you were hearing people say they didn't know how they were like, Hey, how are you getting these clients? How are you? How, right. Mm-hmm. And this was from, yeah. these were from all different people, which is exactly what uh, a lot of designers were trying to, we have different niches. It's not like, um, or, or different focus areas or different industries that we're working with. Um, I yeah. do think we worry. Um, uh, Fabio was like, I'm worried that no one will like me. And Fabio is so likable. Nobody could not like you. Um, but if they don't like you, holy moly, like you don't want to be friends with them is what I would, <laughs> or you don't want them as a client, right? 
Yeah, you don't want everyone to love you. And that might sound really strange, but you only want your ideal client to love you, basically. So if they if people don't love you, that's okay. They're just not a good fit for you and your business. So that's fine. You've got to have a way of sorting through what's a good fit for you and what's not a good fit for your business. So yeah, it's it's not about a popularity contest. It's not it's not about being like friends with everyone. Um, it's just knowing who you want to help. It's knowing um, how you can help people in the best way and knowing who is a good fit and who isn't a good fit. Um, once you're really clear about that, then life gets so much easier. Okay. So then the, with the pandemic, how was this one of the biggest things that you were able to just help people bounce back your clients, like taking them through Mm -hmm. this process and getting them or, um, like showing them this, or was it, just the mindset of niching and all the stuff that goes down with that, or was there any, I think my question was how did the pandemic affect you and how were you able to help your clients bounce back? Yeah. So um, the pandemic, um, it, it didn't um, like for my business, it was okay. Cause obviously I'd still, I'd, I'd pre um, it was just so lucky how so previously I'd invested so much in myself that I was ready, even though I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> I was ready, which was so lucky because my partner's business obviously didn't do well at all. Um, so yeah, that was really stressful trying to help him through that. But um, luckily my business was doing really well and I was just, yeah, trying, I was using the pandemic in a way of uh trying not to focus on myself and all the rubbish we were going through (laughs) with his business and I was trying to focus myself on helping other people so you know I always feel like you know if you're going through a hard time try and focus on who you can help (laughs) and then that's going to help you as well so you know I feel like some people are too focused in their own world when things aren't going right and and that's another thing to learn you know if you if things aren't going right in your world just look up the opportunities out there, the gaps in the market, the the ways you can really help other people. Focus on that, and that that will really help you as well as help those people. So we so, have yeah. a, an anonymous attendee asked a question, oh, and yeah. and this is just a fun question, I think. So, being okay. a former kickboxer instructor, what is your favorite kick? Roundhouse, crescent kick, front kick, etc. Oh, a spinning crescent uh, or jump spinning crescent. <laughs> Or a three sixty. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, that's a good one. I should have should have waited till the end, but I had to. I had to ask. So, <laughs> you you did talk a lot about the the mindset and that you were um, working on that early, even in your twenties, mm-hmm. to just get that. Um, it, I think it's just amazing that you noticed that you needed work on that, and that you also noticed that you could help yourself by doing yeah. some other things. Um, and I know kickboxing really affected you as well. How one thing we talked about was one of the things you do on a call in the beginning is asking, asking people about their routines and how, because a lot of times our health routines, how much we're drinking water or how much we're eating or how much we're exercising or how much we're stepping away from whatever it is we're doing or how we're managing the anxiety or the, the stress of something, how, how, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily bring that in. How, how Mm -hmm. important have you seen that? I think, especially from your background, you can see this, but how important is that aspect? Oh, it's hugely important. And I think the, I think the first thing that, um, that you have to do is make sure that you are in a really good habits with your business and with yourself so obviously there are certain things there's certain habits that you do for your business on a daily basis to make sure that you're um you are ticking those lead indicators i call them lead indicators so you tick those boxes where your lead indicators are the things that show that you're doing the work so you know the results are going to come so it's like okay i've done my job now i know that it's fine i'm going to get clients this month so if you you've got to have habits for your business and habits for yourself so uh, scheduling in time for that that's like non-negotiable time like um, what would it be for you like what's part of your schedule that are the non-negotiables that they could be yeah. just for helen right Okay. So things like in the morning, I've got like a whole mindset routine in the morning. (laughs) 
uh, to do with like gratitude. Um, I've got my vision map. I know you were, you wanted me to talk about that as well. Sorry. <laughs> my vision map uh, that I read out every day. It's like my my uh, vision of the future and the things that I'm already achieving now, which is great. Um, it's got a, an image of something that means a lot to me in the future and also affirmations on it. So I do all the like law of attraction stuff. <laughs> um, so that's like something that's that's helped me hugely. Um, obviously, like breaks in the day, stuff like that, walks with the dog. Uh, that's all non-negotiable. So, yeah, you've got to make sure you're not putting too much pressure on yourself, because I think um, that's something I noticed that, you know, I wouldn't even realize in the past, you know, years ago, I wouldn't even realize how tense I was and how stressed I was until it was way too late, you know, and being more aware of how you're feeling throughout the day. So whether you need like a break every 45 minutes to stretch your legs or whatever it is, <laughs> I just go and play with the dog now. So that's good. <laughs> um, you know, you've got to have something where you're just noticing that, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm feeling good. All, all of that stuff, just being aware throughout the day and you're not to putting too much pressure on yourself. Yes. I still do a lot of, I do a lot of zoom calls now, but in between I'm still having a, rest I go off and yeah do stuff like play ball in the garden with the dog and <laughs> do stuff like that just to have a little rest so so that's really important obviously like exercising regularly throughout the week um and making sure that you know when you go to bed you're feeling good and you're programming your mind again when you go to bed so that's something I learned a lot from those therapy things that I did in the past um if you go to bed feeling bad your mind is going to carry on making you feel bad or like throughout your whole sleep and then you wake up feeling even worse the next day so yeah you've got to make yourself feel good when you go to bed listening to the right things reprogramming yourself um whatever you need to hear so if you know that you're doubting yourself or if you're um telling yourself that you're not good enough or you're worried what people are thinking you've got to tell yourself the opposite things you've got to find um, some kind of meditation or a hypnotherapy track on YouTube, something that's going to actually put it back to rights, you know, something that's going to flip on its head. So in the morning you feel amazing, you know, you feel like ready to start the day. That's great. That's a great, um, I love that. So the creating a vision map, this will be the last question. Um, vision map is different than a vision board. And I know you showed, I, I'm pretty sure you showed me, but you kind of, so there's like a, a house or, or maybe if it's a cabin that I'm wanting, or it's a, a vacation that I want to go to, it's a picture of that and that, that yeah. feel. And then, but the map was a little different than just a whole bunch of images. I Can you just mm. describe a little bit more? Cause there were affirmations on that, right? There was, it's, yeah, it's it. a little different. Yeah, so it's literally um, maybe three or four paragraphs um, about your future life. And you've got to say it as if you're already achieving it. So mm. um, my name is Helen Knight and I am, you know, you, you say it in that way. So I am a, a successful um, business coach. You know, I help creative entrepreneurs to achieve whatever. And it's it's just like saying it. Um, and I live in Portugal and I do this and do that. <laughs> like yes yeah, so he's saying it as if it's like your ideal life um so it's only like three or four paragraphs and then an image that represents that so whatever that could be for you it could be like an amazing house that you never dreamed you could afford it could be I don't know something that's way off in the future that you know that if you keep telling yourself um this uh vision you know you're going to achieve it because that's how your mind works your mind is drawn towards what you tell it the most um, and then underneath, I've got several affirmations that help me every day just to give me that certainty that I am achieving it. And I know I'm achieving because I've ticked off a few things off, off my list already, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah, giving yourself certainty every day, having that feeling of knowing that, that, you know, you're working hard for a reason and this is all becoming to become true. You know, it's all happening, which is great. I love that. OK, so. Um, I want people to be able to reach out to you. And one, you've given them your email. All these things will be below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're on uh, my website, they're all below. If you're looking at, if you're on listening to this, uh, wherever your podcast is, it is at the top. So creativebusinessbrain.co.uk is your website. And then on LinkedIn, creative uh, Helen hyphen night, like K-N-I-G-H-T, um, yeah. uh, create, 
hyphen creative business brain. And then also um, Facebook, there's uh, YouTube and podcasts. So for your YouTube and your podcast, how often are you publishing things? Um, so YouTube and uh, podcast have been on pause because I've literally been so busy. <laughs> you won't believe how busy I've been this year. So uh, it's been on pause for probably about six months, but I I will get back into it, I promise. <laughs> uh, it's something that I, I actually decided to pause the YouTube because I was learning a lot more about YouTube and I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. Um, although I still get people messaging me that have seen my YouTube channel, which is great. So even though I've not touched it for six months, yeah, <laughs> people are still messaging me from it, which is great. So um, no, I, I met a coach that was um, that was specialised in YouTube, and uh, so I was learning more about YouTube. So I thought I'm going to pause it and then start doing it a lot better when I get back to it. So um, yeah, there will be a lot more going up there. I've got a huge amount of um, testimonials to edit and put up on there as well. So lots of exciting stuff to put up and yeah, so keep having a look. I promise I'll keep updating it, subscribe and, and you'll get updated. Well, I, I just thank you so much for coming. Um, So what's next? What is, what's something that we need to be, so on uh, creativebusinessbrain.co.uk, there's a place for us to sign up to get on your mailing list. Is there something that you're working on? I know you're super busy, um, but is there something that you're work- working on that we need to be like, oh, I need to dog ear this in my calendar? <laughs> um, I'm not working on anything uh, new apart from, um, obviously, I'm working one-to-one with a lot of people right now. And I'm going to grow that. So I may start doing more group stuff. I'm not sure yet, to be honest. I'm, I'm really packing out my calendar at the minute. So I can only do so much. I think, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I've, I'm going to have to get some uh, more team. I'm going to have to expand my team so that I can help more people. I think that's the next step, really, so that I can expand and, and really start to, uh, yeah, just start to grow it even more. Um, I, luckily, I've got an amazing business coach helping me, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, and that's a really good um, insight for people who are looking for a coach if they have a coach, right? That's oh gosh, um, yeah. And you've had you've had lots, and you've worked on lots of things. Helen, thank you so much for giving so much insight today. And I hope that you guys have had a good time. And um, Dee's here. It's her birthday. She's been on the show before and she's a really good friend. So happy birthday, Dee. And you also share a birthday week with Helen because Helen's birthday is this week too. So happy birthday, Helen. And happy birthday, Dee. And I just thank you for spending this, this time with me and with us and sharing your knowledge and your insight and making it seem like it, it is doable. It takes time. And I hope that you guys will reach out and get in touch with Helen and, and because she really is, she's in it 1000%. I love that, (laughs) but that's something that I could, I picked up on, right. You know, it is definitely in your brand and, and I love that. So. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. It has. uh, Oh, wait, we have. We have two more. I totally for, uh, didn't look quickly. Could, do you have time to answer two more anonymous attendee yeah. questions really fast? Yeah. Um, what was there obstacles or difficulty working with clients outside of the UK? Where was uh, was there a concern with having positive results with your clients or is it quite similar to working with anybody inside the UK or outside? Um, I've worked with people all over the place. Um even uh, I've got a guy from Belgium at the minute as well um lots of people in America um Portugal so yeah I've worked with people all over the place and and it doesn't feel although there were um the only thing I would say um with the Portuguese guy um he said that there were he thought there were a few kind of like cultural differences in the way that you do your sales that was the only thing that he mentioned but he still took it all on board and actually said that he 
found it um, made a massive difference the way that I do it it was just so new to him the way that I did it that he thought it was like a cultural thing um, because he was worried about you know talking about money and stuff like that and um, and yeah and actually he he just went for it it was really brave and went for it and he said actually he got much better results he's working with like the biggest projects he's ever done before so he's really excited um yeah so that was the only difference I think um no I think it, it feels like the same obviously there's going to be language differences sometimes like the guy from Belgium um I have to talk a little bit slower sometimes to, for him to understand me um but no I think you know don't think it matters at all where you are in the world oh, I love that okay so the last question this is a two-parter any mm-hmm. tips on getting over imposter syndrome and does constantly looking at the vision board help? Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that with listening to the right things every morning and every night as well. So you've really got to reprogram your mind, your subconscious. Um, and the best time to tap into that is just before you go to sleep and when you first wake up in the morning. So, yeah, because your your brainwave state is different when you first wake up. So you, you need to be in the right brainwave state, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good. So for how long, how many minutes is it? The first 15, 20, 30 hour? Do you, know? Do, do you know, you know, when you're just literally waking up and you still feel like half asleep and half awake, if you can just put something on then and listen to it straight away, that's the best time to listen to it. And also as you're drifting off to sleep, um, unless you're an expert in hypnotherapy or anything like that, and you know how to put yourself into the right state. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Those are great. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of extra time to answer those questions. I really appreciate you, Helen, and I love your energy and your positivity and just how you've made it through so many things. So thank Thank you you. for doing that. And thank you for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. And um, if anybody wants to ask me any questions anytime, just email me. That's fine. I don't mind. Or talk to me on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I will see you guys next week. It'll be normal time next week. And um, I can't wait to see you then. Helen, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks then. Take care.